0: brother Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Ooh, welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or maybe even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and we are once again officially on the road to Matt Reeves, the Batman. And when I say we, I mean myself and of course my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, welcome back to the Bat Cave, my friend. How are you?
1: I am good, Eric. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, we are less than two months away from the Batman. It is amazing how quick this came, with all the delays and everything. Uh, it's really nice to say we're that close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, barring any kind of other disaster, we are less than two months away. So, <laughs> I'm yeah. Uh, we it feels like we're right there. I just hope it holds.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Um, but. We uh, the reason I say we are on the road to the Batman, of course, we're just a few months away, as we've said, but also the episodes of this show leading up to the release of the Batman in March, we're going to focus on things that kind of tie either loosely or directly to the Batman itself. And today we're kind of doing that because on the last episode, we talked about the box set that DC Comics has released titled The Batman Box Set. And it's a a set of graphic novels, and one of them is the iconic and legendary Batman Year One. So we are going to be doing two episodes on Batman Year One. Today we're going to be focusing on the comic. And then on our next episode, we are going to do a commentary, kind of a little bit late, but celebrating the 10th anniversary of the animated movie, Batman Year One. But before we get into the comic... We did have – this is not really a news podcast, but we did have a piece of monumental Bat Family news this uh, just a couple of days ago, and I figured we'd take a little rest stop on the road to the Batman and talk a little bit about it. And that, of course, is uh, the news that our Batgirl, Leslie Grace, went to her social media a few days ago and shared an official image of her in her brand-new – for the upcoming Batgirl movie that she's going to be starring in. And of course, as with any of these things, she released it. And there are some opinions on the Internet. So, Joe, what is your opinion of Leslie Grace's Batsuit?
1: I loved it. I absolutely love it. Um, I think she looks like Batgirl. I think I love the colors on it. I love the practical nature of it. I think, I mean, the obvious comparison is the Burnside suit. I think mm-hmm. it is a perfect adaptation of that suit. And dare I say, I actually think it works better on the screen than it does on the page.
0: Hmm. That, yeah, that's interesting. See, because when when I saw it, um, my immediate thought was, oh, I, I love it. It looks great. Um, but I've always been a fan of the Burnside suit. I know the Burnside suit is a little bit of a controversial in the, in the community, but I've always liked it. There was a statue a few years ago and I can never find it anymore, but it's like, she's flipped upside down and her, and her feet are in the air. And she's like taking a selfie with a cell phone of herself. And I wanted that statue so bad, but I didn't jump on it. And now I can't find it anywhere. But anyway, I digress (laughs) this, this suit uh, man from the, the colors, they look great all the way down to the gold boots. The cowl I think looks awesome. And one thing I haven't heard many people talk about is that silhouette that it strikes on the wall behind her. I I mean, we always talk about, you know, Batman silhouettes and what his, what kind of silhouette his, his suit strikes. But this one, I mean, that cowl, does a a pretty good silhouette on that brick pillar behind her don't you think so
1: yeah i i completely agree and that's one thing i haven't really heard a lot of people talk about either is the cowl and i think the cowl looks great i actually like the um the style of it but yeah the the way that it it creates that silhouette on the wall behind her is yeah it's it's batgirl i mean you could say that that silhouette could definitely make people maybe think hey they're getting batman and um you know like uh Like the quote she put from Batman or uh, from Batgirl Year One, you know, use their, I think it was something like use their expectations against them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she's, I think she'll be able to use that silhouette to her advantage. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me pull up that quote because it's, it's good enough to, to repeat here really quick.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry to put you on the spot with
0: that. <laughs> no, you're good. I use their expectations against them. That will be their weakness, not mine. Let them all underestimate me. And when their guard is down and their pride is rising, let me kick their butts. Which, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. Um, Just one more quick thing. I, it, it does look a lot like the Burnside suit, but I would say it's almost a, and I've heard this uh, comparison a few times already it's almost like a mix of the Burnside and the 66 Batgirl suit
1: yeah I think the colors are definitely reminiscent of the 66 suit Mm -hmm. um and the cape I don't remember the cape on the Burnside suit because I I didn't read a lot of the Burnside run and I think when I say it's better than the page I don't even think that's a a nitpick on the Uh, the suit itself but there's something about the art of the Burnside arc when it first started that was very like cartoony
0: for lack of a better term
1: um Mm -hmm. and I think that lended very well to what they were doing as far as that story goes because I did read the first few issues and uh I think this and this I know a lot of people are saying you know it looks like a CW suit to me I think it does kind of like have that, the feel of the Batwoman suit. And I think the Batwoman suit is great on the CW. So that's not a dig by me. That's, I think it looks, it looks like a suit that she could put together herself. And I think that's the point. And I'm, I, I keep going back to the colors. I think the colors are really cool. I love that the gold really pops and especially on the Cape. I,
0: Mm.
1: you know, and then you see the gold boots. I I think it's going to work really well. Well, I think she looks great.
0: What I think about, what I think appeals to me most is, and and this is this is a, a a factor of the Burnside suit that I really like. It makes the suit a little more functional and less over sexualized than the mm-hmm. than the classic Batgirl suit, while also being still very comic booky.
1: Yes, it's very practical. There's no, I don't think the traditional suit is as practical as this one. What I would I be no. very open to her having a more traditional suit in the future? Absolutely, but I think for what she's doing when she's starting out, if she's you know designing the suit herself, I think this makes a lot of sense, and I I could not be happier with it.
0: Yep, I think uh, you and I are on the same page. But yeah, we, we will we will move on. But I did want to to bring this up because I'm I'm super excited for this movie. Uh, I really like Leslie Grace. And I I think she's going to be awesome in the role and she looks great as Barbara Gordon. So, uh, but moving on, we are here primarily to talk about Batman year one today. Now this comic, of course, everyone knows about it. It's, it's one of those that is quite often in the lexicon of, uh, of must read Batman comics. Um, and probably deservedly. So we're going to get into our thoughts of it, but a little bit of background here. Um, this this comic was written by Frank Miller and illustrated by David Mazzucchelli. Uh, it was published as part of the main continuity of DC Comics' uh, Batman title, uh, numbers 404 through 407 in 1987. Uh, the book was kind of given to Frank Miller after the success of the Dark Knight Returns, correct, Joe?
1: I'd imagine so. It definitely came out after The Dark Knight Returns. I would assume yeah. it's based off that, um, you know, the success of that. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is that, like you said, it, it runs in the the main title, and I'm pretty sure these were the first four issues right after Crisis on Infinite Earths.
0: Yes, that is correct. Uh, it, was, it was kind of that after the, the success of The Dark Knight Returns, that's kind of they wanted miller to come in and kind of almost reboot batman after crisis so that's that's and batman year one is uh the product of that he initially from from what i've read and i can't confirm this but he he initially i think just wanted to do like a graphic novel or you know an out of continuity story kind of like he did with with returns and then this is obviously what they what they wanted him to to turn it into. So we got a um a four-issue series here, kind of I mean it's in continuity with the Batman title, but it is kind of I I now it's more known as a, you know, a standalone almost origin story sort of uh for Batman. So before we get into the issues talking about the four issues themselves, just overall thoughts, Joe. What what are your what is your overall thoughts and opinions on Batman year 1.
1: I've always put this um in the the top, I mean I would say probably top 5 Batman books of all time for me. Uh I put this mm-hmm. above Dark Knight Returns. I enjoy this book more than Dark Knight Returns maybe because it's a quicker read. It's a little less dense than Dark Knight Returns, that's for sure. Um it was one of the first Batman titles I ever read. Uh you know when I was getting back into comics. And I was looking at like things to to try to get back in and where better to start than the origin story. So, mm-hmm. um, especially when, you know, Batman begins was coming out, everyone knew that this was, you know, a huge influence on that. And I, do I have some issues with the book? Yes. Do I think it takes away from my love for the book? Obviously not. If I think it's one of my top five of all time. So I, I definitely love the book. I, I put it up there against anything else that, you know, we've gotten from, you know, for Batman. And I, it's tough because as far as origin story goes, I think, you know, and this might be going a little further than you want to go, but like something like zero year, which I, I really do love. I, I think they're on even footing there, but I I mean, I love Capullo and, and Snyder. So, but I still can love this. Like that didn't take the place of this for me. And that right. says a lot that says a lot when, you know, me and you both love Snyder and Capullo so much that for me to love a, a Batman origin story by them. But still, I could still hold this as high as I do, because I think it is that good.
0: Um, OK, so you're the good guy on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not going to make any friends here. I I like year one a lot. Um, I think year one is I'm going to say, I think it's a slightly overrated Batman book. Um, It is not in my top five. I would be hard pressed to even say it. It probably cracks my top 10, but just barely. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think it's, I think it's more to do with the, with the hype surrounding this book over the years, rather than the book itself. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I think the influence from the book is better than the book itself.
0: I agree. I think yeah. um I think elements of this book have been taken and improved upon uh in, in other materials such as Batman McGins and mm-hmm. different stories like that. And and I am one um just like you just said, yes, we are lovers of Snyder and Capullo. I prefer Zero Year over Batman Year One. Um but I completely respect the hell out of what frank miller and Mazzucchelli did with batman year one because we don't get i don't think we get zero year if there's not a year one so and for that matter we probably don't get a batman begins without batman year one so i respect it and i really enjoy the story i have a lot of problems with it and i do think it's slightly overrated and we're going to get into it but um And, and I might've even overstated that. I don't have a lot of problems, but I have nitpicks and it's, I think it's what keeps me from putting it on that pedestal that a lot of people do. But I mean, again, you'll know more by the time we get to our final thoughts on the book of why I think it's just slightly overrated. And I know that's, (laughs) I'm probably, we're, we're probably going to get more emails on our next episode than we've ever gotten now that I've said that, but (laughs) we'll see. Um, but yeah, so let's get into kind of the book itself. <clears throat> so we're going to gonna go issue by issue here. Uh, we're not going to completely beat it to death and talk about every story beat, but we are going to kind of, uh, cover every issue and talk about the, the ins and outs. So in issue one, which chronologically is actually issue 404 of Batman, uh, we get, we get this kind of side by side, of Bruce Wayne returning home to Gotham after he's been training abroad for, I think it's 10, 12 years. And we get also the parallel of that is James Gordon moving to Gotham city with his family after a transfer from Chicago. Um, And they both kind of get swiftly acquainted with the corruption and the violent atmosphere of Gotham. Uh, Gordon gets his partner and detective Arnold Flass, which becomes a key part of the story and witnesses kind of his his cruel methods and and crime fighting or stopping crime quote unquote uh assaulting different people and things like that uh this this story is very much gordon focused he tries to focus on purging corruption from uh the police department in gotham city whether that being from his partner flas or commission the police commissioner commissioner loeb and uh you know we get kind of as he starts to unravel the the corruption, and he starts going after some of these people, obviously with with a young family with him him and his wife and and his unborn child, uh, obviously there's threats towards Gordon and his family. So Gordon has to deal with that at the same time that Bruce Wayne is is kind of preparing to to fight against the crime and corruption in Gotham. Uh, we do we get the the major scene of. of Bruce Wayne in this issue going to the red light district uh, under, under cover of disguise and kind of running across Selena Kyle and her sidekick, I guess, Holly Robinson.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, and then there we get the, you know, he, he ends up worse for wear by the end of the issue. And we get the classic scene at the end of the issue where he's dragged himself back to Wayne Manor and the bat crashing through the window of, of the study and settling on the bust of Thomas Wayne, where Bruce gets the idea to to take on the mantle of of a bat, and uh, the classic line of "Yes, father, I shall become a bat." So that's where that one kind of wraps up. So thoughts, Joe, on issue one of Batman Year One.
1: Well, I love that it starts with the monologue from Gordon, and yes, it's parallel to the monologue of you know, I'm sorry, the internal monologue of of Bruce. But I love <laughs> the the back and forth monologue, you know, the the different you know, opinions of, you know, Gordon, you know, he's, he's taking the train and he's like, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't have Barbara take the train. And then you got Bruce who's taking the plane and he's saying, I wish I should, took the train to be closer to the, you know, the criminals. And I, I, I think the story is best when it's setting up the Gordon Bruce relationship. I think that's my mm-hmm. favorite part of this book. And it should be, if you love this book, because that is the main part of the book, the main, you know, storyline here to me is, Batman starting out and trying to figure out how he's going to complete this mission or how he's going to at least start the mission and his relationship with Gordon is the key. So I like that we learn a lot about Jim Gordon in these four issues and especially the first one with the setup with him and coming from Chicago and you know his interactions with Flash and I don't know if that's one of your nitpicks with the uh, stuff with Flash but I love the stuff with Flash because I like seeing that Gordon, he has his moral code, but he knows what he has to do to send a message to the people that he's trying to put an end to without crossing his own line. Mm -hmm. Um, As a cop, yeah, he's not doing everything on the up and up, but he still is very stern on his morals. And I, I really like how he sets flash straight because he could have very easily, you know, just got suckered into all the corruption and everything. And he doesn't. And I, again, that's, that's my favorite part of, of these issues. And especially well, the first one.
0: Well, ju- just to clear it up, I don't my I, I like the dynamic of flash okay. um, because I mean that it, it parallels to one of my favorite parts of, of Batman begins, which is, you know, because we have flash in there too. He's a little different, but Flash is a great vehicle to introduce the corruption of Gotham to Gordon and to us as the audience. So I really like that. And uh, the I like everything in this issue um except for Selina Kyle and I'll get into that in a second. But um yeah, I love what you were talking about with the the juxtaposition of Gordon and Bruce entering Gotham in different means and kind of their monologue back and forth. I do absolutely love that. It's it's awesome. And I like that, you know, while Gordon is saying, you know, he wouldn't wish coming in on the train on anyone, you know, because he's so close to how dirty Gotham is and things like that. Bruce is having the exact opposite thought. You know, he thinks he should have been on the train, mm-hmm. you know, closer to to the root of, of what Gotham is right now. So it's, it's kind of a cool back and forth there. And again, I like all the flash stuff and the introduction of Loeb. And you kind of, you kind of learn off right off the bat that Loeb is kind of a dirtbag. bag. Uh, so I like all the setup we get in this issue. The big sticking point for me here is I have never, ever liked that Frank Miller likes to dirty everyone up, I guess, even even the people we're supposed to kind of like, um, and I've never liked the prostitute origins for Catwoman or Selina Kyle. I don't know yep. why. It, it I, and I'm not a prude or anything. It's just something about it I don't, I don't like, and I don't, I don't know why. Miller has to go there. <laughs> well,
1: I'll say this: it, I never really thought about it until reading it this time around. I, I've always understood the criticism of like not liking Selina to be you know that kind of person. But I will say this time reading it, Selina kind of feels like an irrelevant part to the story. And I don't know if she's there just to show that Batman is inspiring someone like her, which I can see that. But it's not really, I mean, it's only four issues too, and she's not the focal point of the story. But I do feel like she's there kind of just to give you that perspective of someone from the street. But I think it could have even been done. It could have been done differently. But I don't mind it as much as most people, I guess. Because I, I like the idea of maybe she's redeemed. Like, like Batman is inspiring her. And then that's how she leaves that lifestyle. Which is what's happening here. So I'm okay with that in that regard but I do think the story can move on even without her in this story. Do you agree with that? Or do you think I'm like kind of looking too much into it?
0: It's, it's hard because it's hard to imagine this story without her because, and it's, it's not even really had to have anything to do with this story. It's because I associate the long Halloween as kind of a part two to this so much that it's like, okay, well it seems like her, she flows from, from Batman year one into the long Halloween. Does yeah, that make have any you ever sense? Read,
1: yeah. But have you ever read long Halloween and thought this is the prostitute Selena? Because I don't think I don't get that vibe from long and, Halloween.
0: And that's my issue. Yeah. Um. Be, because I enjoy so much of Catwoman in like the long Halloween and when in Rome and all that good stuff that it's like, it feels weird that this is her start.
1: And I think that's why I always have the opinion of, choose your own canon when it comes to DC comics yeah. <laughs> because you're well, always going to have stories you don't care for. And like, especially with us with, um, and I, I don't want to turn this into the zero year episode, but, uh, I, I think Snyder even said it when he was doing zero year was that he didn't want to take away from year one. So he wanted it so you could essentially, I mean, it doesn't work out perfectly, but you can essentially have both stories, um, coincide with each other if you want to you could kind of take elements of each and say both of them are relevant and i think that kind of works where you can kind of just pretend like like if you're reading long halloween you could pretend like you know the the selena prostitute stuff really didn't happen if you want to again yes you read it it happened it's in the book but i do have a tendency to forgive stuff i don't like because if i don't like it i just kind of dismiss it
0: Well, and I feel like it makes more sense for me that she ended up in that route in The Dark Knight Returns because Mm -hmm. Gotham Gotham has has fallen so far with the, you know, with the with the absence of Batman. And, you know, he she's things have gotten so rough and so hard that that's the only direction she could turn, you know, in in at the age that she was. By running this, you know, house of ill repute or whatever you want to call it, but I feel like Miller came into this story and said, "Well, I made her a, uh, yeah, a, I, I made her, I, I made her run yeah. a whorehouse in that one, so let me bookend it and make her, you know, this at the beginning and this at the end." And yes. I'm like, "I guess," uh, but anyway, I, I'm not gonna beat it to death. But that is. That is kind of my sticking point of the Yeah, and I think
1: issue. I think we're on, I think we're kind of on the same page with that anyway. I mean, I, I just, I just forgive it a little bit more because I like pretty much everything else. And I'll even say, you know, I don't know if this is, uh, like you, you had mentioned Batman Begins and it's really hard to talk about this without talking about Batman Begins. And I mm-hmm. think everything that we're going to possibly nitpick about this book I think Batman begins either dials back what we think is too much or eliminates things we didn't like. I think they really found that happy groove of. okay, this is too much Frank Miller. Let me dial this back a little bit (laughs) and I think they have picked the best elements of this book, but we wouldn't have that if we didn't have this book. I think that's why I do love this book so much is because I remember this book for those best elements.
0: Yes, um, Oh, we we almost uh, we almost missed one major part of the issue. Uh, we <laughs> we didn't discuss the the Flass attack and then Gordon's revenge. Mm-hmm. So that that is also a, a part that I really like because, you know, kind of kind of Flass's whole thing to try to get Gordon to come over to his side is, again, the threats to his family. And then, you know, they attack Gordon Ah uh, him, but Flass and some of his other friends on the department are hidden with ski masks. and they attack Gordon and beat him with baseball bats and things like that. And Gordon obviously gets his revenge uh, finding Flass after a poker game and, you know, running him off the road in the snow and then pretty much just taking him out, beating him, beating beating him senseless and, and leaving he, he, him.
1: He humiliates him to know yeah. that he would never. Report it because he's so humiliated. and I think that's that's a very a big theme here too with with Batman and Gordon is the um the fear angle and the you know these the coward, the cowardly, you know, the superstitious and cowardly lot. like they're showing that parallel even with Flash where he's such a coward that Gordon could take advantage of that nature and and really use it against them
0: mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think we're on the same page there. I I really like that element. So, but uh, let's move on to issue two, which is issue, was it
1: 405? Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Batman 405. So in this issue, you know, we've moved past at the end of issue one with, you know, Bruce deciding to take on the mantle of the Bat. So we get, in this issue, we get kind of it starting with uh, Gordon taking taking on a, a hostage situation and he has to, this is where we're introduced to Brandon in the story, which is kind of the leader of the Gotham SWAT team. And he's kind of a gung ho shoot first, ask questions later. He's really trigger happy and wants to rush in and obviously take, uh, kill this guy with these threatened kids. But Gordon does it himself. He goes in without a weapon and uh, takes out the, the uh, guy holding the kids hostage. And then we just kind of, we, we move into Gordon becoming a hero cop. And of course, Loeb's not happy about this. Um, We get the early shots of Batman trying to figure things out. He's he's on kind of his first mission here and he comes across some petty crooks, uh, some kids trying to steal, looks like uh, a few TVs, things like that. And it goes, uh, not great. Batman, Batman kind of gets the worst end of the stick, even though he accomplishes his goal here. Um, And then, you know, of course we get the iconic scene, which is my favorite part of this whole entire story is the scene where commissioner Loeb and several others are at the penthouse of Carmine Falcone. And we get the whole scene where they're having dinner and Batman Comes in, turns out the lights, uh, comes up on the on the table, and his classic line of, ladies and gentlemen, you've eaten well, you've eaten Gotham's wealth and its spirit. Your feast is nearly over from this moment on. None of you are safe, which I absolutely love. It's, again, my favorite part of the book, but we'll get into that. Uh, then we get, you know, of course, at this point, Commissioner Loeb wants Gordon to catch Batman. No questions asked. And we get a whole scene of uh, – we get the introduction of Sarah Essen. They set a trap for the Batman, which obviously doesn't work. They don't catch Batman. And the issue ends in the classic warehouse scene, correct?
1: It ends just as he's starting to um, – yes. They they just it's blow it, up the warehouse. it the beginning
0: of the warehouse. And,
1: yes. It ends on like a cliffhanger of them bombing the warehouse. Brandon right. uh, just completely bombs the warehouse – Uh, against orders and yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so they've cornered batman in this warehouse uh and that you know uh, brandon coming full circle with this uh trigger happy self the commissioner has ordered him to uh to drop a bomb so he has bombed the warehouse that batman's in and that's where we end issue two so joe thoughts on issue two highlights uh thoughts
1: obviously the same highlight you have the the Carmine Falcone penthouse. I mean, it, it's funny. I'm sad to say that uh, I don't remember Falcone actually being named in this book. as I don't know why I don't remember that, but I always remember, I thought it was alluded to, but I don't remember him being such a relevant part of that scene. And, and like, actually, like later on, where they do use his name when, uh, <laughs> you know, Batman ties him up and takes the roles and all that stuff. So, mm. That's definitely the highlight. And another highlight that I love is the introduction of Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is basically teased in this uh, book. Uh, Yes. The the beginning of Batman learning to trust Harvey Dent and, you know, having him as an ally where it seems like Dent and Gordon, Dent is still keeping Gordon on the outs of that, um, where, you know, then we know what it leads to in Long Halloween. But that's a little fun thing, too. And yet this is just... You know it ends with the big action piece but everything in this issue is just set up for what's to come with batman his first night out having the issues with i love the the inner monologue while he's fighting those you know the the kids or the you know just the the little petty robbers and you know the something about the tv like still hasn't hit the ground where he's like hanging he's holding the kid before hoping that the kid doesn't drop and the tv falls and he's like okay the tv still hasn't hit the ground like this is this is a long drop i need to hold on to this kid and him doing everything he can to make sure someone doesn't die inadvertently and it's a really cool you know way of of really showing everything that's going through batman's head while he's in this fight and you got that you got everything going on now with with Jim Gordon and his wife. I think that's a really important part of this story with, with Barbara being pregnant. I don't think you mentioned that yet, but Barbara being pregnant and, and, you know, Jim having the stress of bringing a child into Gotham city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really, you know, there's a lot of good seed planting in this episode for what uh, this episode and this issue for what's to come uh, in the, you know, the final two issues.
0: Yeah. And also, uh... Uh, you were t- talking about the intro of Harvey Dent. We get that intro to uh, Sarah Essen here as well. And yes. cra- is this a, is this the first time we ever saw Sarah Essen? Was in Batman Year One?
1: No, because Sarah is actually in Dark Knight Returns, also.
0: Right, right, that's right. But I mean, so far as like her introduction, is this supposed to be the f-
1: like in continuity? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought so, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. But she, as much as I. Don't like. Well, we'll get into that in the next issue, but um, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah the,
1: with Sarah Essen, whatever you feel about her in this book, it's weird because like later on in Batman continuity, I think Sarah is represented much better than she is here, and I don't think she's oh. represented poorly. It's just the the controversy of what's happening in these issues kind of makes you feel. A little icky for, for yeah. Jim.
0: But one thing I did want to um, touch on that you had brought up, the, t- the television still hasn't hit the street. That is is very subtle because they don't, like, Miller doesn't beat you over the head with, you know, he doesn't follow that up with, that means that the distance between exactly. the fire escape and the ground is so great that, you know, stuff like that. It, it just, <laughs> yeah. it, it lets you think about that for yourself that, oh, this fall would kill this kid.
1: There's a lot of tension in that scene.
0: Yes, it's done very well. Uh, it's it, it kind of, um, again, I like you said, where there's no way we can't bring up Batman Begins. Uh, a lot of this first night out for Batman, even though it's done very differently in Batman Begins, reminds me of that because I mean, he just does not fare very well in his first night out. Um, but yeah, I. I love the little there's also the little scene in the police station where um, apparently (laughs) between the last issue and this one. I don't know if answer me this. Do you think Flass had a run in with the Batman or is he saying his attack from or is he trying to deflect that he got attacked by Gordon and saying it was the Batman?
1: You know, I always assumed it was Batman, but that's a really good point. But I think the best way to, to determine that. So this is May 15th. The attack from Gordon. And that's one thing I've never really paid attention to in these issues. But the, it's dates. the dates. Yeah, it is Batman year one. So he emphasizes the dates. So I would say this is definitely an issue, a running with Batman because that's May. The running with Batman is back in March. I mean, the run in with with Jim Gordon is back in March.
0: So, yeah, two months later. Yeah, yeah I, I would
1: say I would say it's two different issues. I always took it as he was being he, you know, Batman went out and, you know, caught Flash on one of his drug busts, quote unquote. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think he, uh, you know, taught him a lesson.
0: Well, he is. He certainly put the fear of God in Flash. Yes, um, <laughs> because Flash is terrified of Batman. And I think that's a I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, set up because you know all the other co- at this point it's kind of lowering flas's status in the department which i think is a parallel of where the corruption versus you know the 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 good parts of gotham are kind of balancing out here because Flas's is his influence is kind of represented by the corruption and as it falls so does his status in the department
1: yeah, and And you mentioned it before that, you know, Jim Gordon's becoming this hero cop. He's getting really good press. And that puts Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on Loeb, who doesn't want Gordon to have this good press because he's not he's not a fan of what Gordon is doing. But he can't he can't put a kibosh on Gordon if if Gordon is getting that good press. So he has to kind of tread softly, you know, with what with what Gordon is
0: doing. Mm hmm. But again, I think, um, and it sounds like you agree with me. The big highlight of this story is the the confrontation between Batman and the the corrupt high society of Gotham in mm-hmm. uh, Falcone's penthouse. And now, thank you, Ryan Lauer, and whoever whoever created your theme song for your for the Batman book club. Every time I read that or watch the movie and get to that part, I think about the Batman book club.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because of. <laughs>
1: And we hear, we hear that so much now it's, it's engraved in our brains that, 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 you know, monologue from, uh, from Ben McKenzie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Of all people, (laughs) which we'll talk a lot more about on the next episode. Um, but going into anything else on issue two,
1: um, no, just, you know, we end on that cliffhanger and we'll talk more about that in, uh, you know, issue three.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's do that. Let's get into issue three. Um, So issue three is really like the the majority of issue three is the battle in the warehouse between um, Batman and the SWAT team that is led by Brandon. Um, There's it's huge explosions uh, or the huge explosion that starts this. And then, you know, Gordon obviously arrives on scene. He's um, he's kind of trumped by Commissioner Loeb. Commissioner Loeb wants Brandon to go in. So, kind of sending in his rogue cop to get rid of the Batman after the last issues events of the Falcone encounter. So there's, um, there's a huge sequence that takes up most of the issue where Batman is battling these cops. Um, we find out that there's two what homeless people that have died in the warehouse explosion. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Batman eventually neutralizes the cops inside and escapes setting off a um a kind of a lack of a better term signal for (laughs) bats from the uh caves under wayne manor which come and kind of give him a distraction to escape on a stolen motorcycle uh people in the crowd are attacked by the bats we see a lot of people um Catwoman, or excuse me, Selena Kyle and Holly have come to uh, watch what's going on at the warehouse. And we get a neat little scene of them getting inoculated from bat bites uh, after the attack. And then at the end of the issue, we kind of get the seeds being sown of Sarah Essen and Jim Gordon kind of having maybe more than meets the eye. And there's more lead up of Catwoman. Uh, or the, the lead-up of Catwoman as Selina wants to escape the life that she's in. And she actually suits up as Catwoman at the end of the issue. And then the very end of the issue is uh, Gordon. We see a, a kiss between him and Essen and then him contemplating what he's done and more about what the city has done to him as he's laying in bed with his wife behind him. I think it's – a. Uh, It's a haunting image of his pregnant wife kind of laying in the bed and him sitting on the foot of the bed with a pistol in his hand. Um, That's, it's a little disturbing. So Joe, um, issue three here, Batman year one, give me your thoughts.
1: Well, I will get the Barbara, Jim, Sarah Essendon thing out of the way first, because I think it's probably going to be the most negative. I understand what Miller is going for. He's saying that, gotham has completely broken jim gordon he is so i don't want to say broken but he's so down on everything going on he he is spending too much time at the office too much time just in this world he's depressed about bringing a son uh, he doesn't know it's a son at this point but bringing a baby into this world the the stresses that this is putting on barbara and himself I get where he's going with this. I think realistically, it makes sense in this world. Like you said, it's a haunting image to end the issue with. But as someone who has, you know, I have a lot of issues with, you know, seeing any type of infidelity. I I obviously don't, (laughs) I don't support it in any way. So I... It does bother me to see someone that, you know, whether it be a comic character or not, someone that I really care for in Jim Gordon doing this to his wife. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very tough to see that. And especially a character that like, you know, this is maybe, you know, I guess you could say a retconned origin for him at the time. I mean, this is really all we knew, but I wonder what it was like for people that loved Jim Gordon for longer than us. And then this was just kind of thrown on them. As an origin story for him, but it's definitely, I, <laughs> it's hard to really talk about it because I, I don't think it, I don't think it's a negative to the point where I will discount the story because of it because I think it works for the story to show that turmoil, but I would have loved it if it didn't go as far as it did.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I should say I would prefer it if it didn't go as far as it did.
0: You know, it's it's funny because I'm so torn over this part, the the part that you're talking about with Gordon and Essen, because Sarah Essen has become a, I would hazard to say that she's become a beloved character in the Batman lexicon. Um, but I, the reason I'm torn is I like Sarah Essen. Yeah, but I, I do too. I do not. It's another one of those things where Miller just even even our our brightest spots he wanted to make a little dirty, a little, yeah. and I think it is him trying to show that, that, um, that effect of Gotham on everyone. Yeah. But it, I don't know. It just, there needs to be the bright spots in the darkness and it can't be just Batman. Cause Batman can't do it on his own. He yeah. depends on people like Gordon and, and, I don't know. It, it's sort of like that trope where people like to, especially in in the in the recent history, people like to dirty up the the Waynes a little bit, Thomas and Martha.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not crazy about that either, and I'm not crazy about dirtying up Gordon. You know, so it is it is an issue I have, but it did give us Sarah Essen. So again, torn.
1: And and not to you know just to play devil's advocate a little, I think you could look at it as jim made a mistake a horrible mistake but with the way it's handled he comes clean he's honest with barbara and you hope that it's you would like to think that it's miller's way of saying you could come back from a mistake but you also know that I'm, i'm actually fighting with myself now because you know that miller Put him with Sarah Essen in the book that he wrote before this. So obviously, no, it, it
0: and, and that's I think that's why I'm so I've, another reason other than just loving Sarah Essen. I think that's another reason why I'm so torn on this is because it is written well. Um, because it does it like like we're doing right now, it makes you think and it makes you ponder. You know, yeah. Um, because you're right. I mean, and it's in the it's in the next issue, but Gordon does tell Barbara. And confesses everything. So, but anyway, I mean, not to, Unfortunately, Barbara to just focus gets, on
1: Barbara gets really, you know, uh, tortured through all of this.
0: Yeah. Um, but not just a hammer on that part of the issue. I mean, we also get some really, I think some really neat Batman stuff in this issue, uh, which him just using his ingenuity, um, the way he sneaks around in the warehouse and tactfully takes uh, takes out these rogue cops. I think is really cool. Um, And then, of course, as we talked about Catwoman kind of being inspired by Batman, even though I don't like the prostitute turn, I do like her being inspired by Batman to do what she does. Um, And even, I like that it's still the Catwoman blur of, yes, she's being inspired by Batman, but she's not necessarily gonna do things on the up and up and become a vigilante hero.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with all that. I, I think that's, whether we like how she starts out or not, Miller does a good job of showing that Batman is inspiring someone that's even as low as the situation that she is in with Holly. And, you know, they've, they've obviously not been, um, (laughs) they've not been in the best of conditions. So it's nice to see that, you know, they're being inspired and they can come out of
0: that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Let's see, anything else in this issue that you want to bring up?
1: No, just, you know, the, the warehouse stuff with the, you know, the the conclusion of that, uh, the attack from Brandon and the, the SWAT team and everything. Um, just a great job of showing early Batman really learning how to use all the tricks up his sleeve. He's not there yet, but he's finding a way through it. And I don't know if you remember how you felt when you first saw Batman Begins when those bats came. But oh, man, <laughs> like to know oh. that that came right from this. I don't know if you read this before you saw Batman Begins, but that was that was really special.
0: <laughs> so I actually think the first time I read this was leading up to Batman Begins.
1: Yeah, same with me.
0: So, yeah, this I mean, it's it's absolutely a callback and it's a great one. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I, I he messes up those cops. I believe okay. it, it goes into detail about how jacked up they are, doesn't it? Um, or at least it talks about yes. how broken up Brandon is.
1: <laughs> Four of Brandon's men were hospitalized with broken bones. Pratt who Batman had punched through a brick wall suffered from five broken ribs <laughs> and internal bleeding. The dead winos had no relatives to complain about their firebombing. Everyone who would have ordered Brandon or Loeb up on charges remains unavailable to me by appointment or phone. Yeah. That's yeah. The, uh, so, gordon you know describing what happened
0: yeah so and and even still i mean you're getting this through gordon's eyes so yeah it's batman is uh he's even in his early days here he is no joke
1: so is this the issue where they first talk about i guess it was the last issue right before the warehouse fight with the um when they're in the car crash is when essen first brings up bruce wayne as a possible suspect for being batman and that is you know touched upon more in issue four but that is burst yeah. into that earlier and that's um they do come back to that at the end of this issue don't they um when they're discussing um, everything
0: a little bit there's yeah. uh the, yes because
1: yes because uh, alfred is actually dodging them so yeah
0: yeah the primary focus of that is in issue four but we do get the seeds planted in, yeah, in, in this issue. But anyway, um, moving on to the fourth and final issue of Batman Year One here, which was Batman issue 407. Uh, in this issue, we start with Gordon. Um, Gordon and Essen are back on their investigation of Batman, uh, essence it's intuition kind of leads her to believe that bruce is batman it does show that even though we saw the guilt of gordon in the last at the end of the last issue they they have an affair together um and kind of after a couple of months of dating Essen finds out that gordon is going to be a dad so she chooses to leave gotham to avoid damaging the relationship so uh, gordon's left alone to investigate bruce's connection to batman and you know he goes to Wayne Manor with Barbara and Bruce does a very good job of doing the playboy bit. And, uh, in a, in a convincing fashion where I think, I don't think Gordon believes he is Batman any longer, but seeing, seeing the playboy side of Gordon kind of gets him to come clean to Barbara. Um, and then we find out that, as he's upset with Gordon's exploits, low blackmails Gordon into dropping the case against Flas, because he threatens to, to give his wife proof of his affair. Um, which was that before the,
1: so yeah, I wanted to clarify that. So that's before, so yeah. that's a little dicey for Miller. So you wonder, does Gordon come clean with his wife because he has to, or because he wants to, that's where.
0: Yeah. That's, that's more of that Miller stuff. I mean, he yeah, could have, that's tough. Yeah. He could have what? very well reversed it and then it, you know, it been, well, Gordon already told her. So, but anyway, um, so we get, we get a scene of, of Batman, you know, a, attacking or kind of interrogating this guy, Skeevers, uh, who is connected to the Falconies to get information. Uh, Batman sneaks into Falcones manor and, uh, he overhears him and Johnny Vitti, which I, I always think is really cool. Cause that makes me want to read, uh, the long Halloween but they're discussing a plan to deal with Gordon. Uh, and we get the the Selena as Catwoman attacking Falcone and his bodyguards. And then of course, Batman intervenes there. Um, we get Bruce or Bruce playing an audio device. He used to record Falcone's conversation and confirms that Falcone wants to target Gordon's family. Uh, and then in his mission to help Gordon, Bruce disguises himself as a motorcyclist. We get a big fight between or a big chase between uh, Johnny Vitti, who has kidnapped Gordon's baby, and Gordon, and then Bruce Wayne catching up on this bridge where there's a there's a scuffle and a fight. Um, the baby ends up falling off of the bridge, and Bruce dives off of the bridge to save the baby. Gordon has has made his way to to the water's edge, and you know he's lost his glasses in the fight. Tells Bruce that he. His secret is safe because he can't see him. Wink, wink. And then at the end, we kind of get um, Flash turning on Loeb by supplying Harvey Dent with the evidence and testimony needed to implicate him. And Loeb resigns uh, as commissioner. Gordon is promoted to captain, and he stands on the roof waiting to meet Batman to investigate the threat of poisoning Gotham's reservoir by someone named the Joker. So that is how we wrap up Batman year one. So Joe, issue four here, thoughts?
1: A um, couple things that stand out to me other than maybe the obvious. Off again, sir, shall I fetch your tights? Never during the <laughs> day, Alfred. Um, yeah. It's very interesting that Miller chooses to have the conclusion of this story with Batman not being Batman. He is Bruce Wayne at the end of this story. He is not in the Batsuit i find my, that very intriguing
0: i know that's one of the biggest issues yeah
1: <laughs> i'm okay with it I, I i like it because i think it's i think it's different and I, is it maybe a cop out to have him in the bat? you know not have him in the bat suit i don't know i i like it i think it works would i have loved another batman action scene yeah maybe but i mean you can get that in any other story. So I'm okay with the way he does it. And my other thing, um, uh, what was, uh, you got that. You got the Mickey phone, which is really cool.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Um, there's a lot of, you know, th- the glasses bit is is such a special moment at the end. It really is just a great Gordon. Um, Gordon and Bruce Wayne or Batman. It's a very interesting thought to have. You know, it's one of those things where do you want to believe that Gordon has always known Bruce is Batman and doesn't care? I think it's really interesting to have that thought. And I I love the lead into Batman um, number one with uh, the Joker stuff.
0: I personally choose to believe that Gordon knows.
1: I've always liked that. I've always thought that made it much more interesting.
0: Yes. And I think that gives Tim an out to the glasses. Because he, he can, you know, he has plausible deniability or whatever. Yes. But I think he knows. Um
1: And one of my favorite scenes in any Batman story is No Man's Land, where he takes off the mask to show him who he is. And I think Gordon just doesn't care because he knows already. I think it works still in that story if you choose to believe he already knows. It's almost like right. Gordon is insulted by that, um, that, you know that decision that batman's making at that point and i know we're not talking about no man's land but i just like that it, it works on both levels
0: yeah and i've i've always been of the opinion that there are two people who know who, who absolutely without a doubt um know that batman is bruce wayne outside of you know the bat family and alfred it's the joker and jim gordon and neither one of them care for completely and- different reasons So, but anyway, um, yeah, like I said, I love the, the, the appearance of Johnny Vitti in this story. Cause again, I just, it, every time I I read issue four of this story, it makes me want to read the long Halloween. Um, so I love that little, that world building Easter egg. I love that, um, Loeb and Sale expanded on that. But again, like all the Batman and Catwoman stuff at the beginning of the issue with the Falcones, um, I did, one of my biggest issues with this whole book, and one of the reasons I think it is a little um, overrated, is you could have used this scene. I don't know. I wanted Batman at the end of the book <laughs> because you want
1: your cake and eat it too. It's it's hard to get this kind scene. of yeah. It's it hard is. to get this scene in the second issue because it's a great ending point the whole glasses
0: line it is um but i don't think it works for the very end of a of a big batman book because do you think the
1: four issues hurts this that it should have been longer because <sighs> it does move really quick
0: it does move quick um like, i think i
1: was even shocked by reading it that like sarah essen and gordon don't have a relationship till issue three
0: okay I, this is this is the way i think about this with this scene where where Bruce goes out as Bruce, there's kind of a nod to this uh, in The Dark Knight.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I was alluding to before. Absolutely.
0: Where you know he's he's going out. Um, you know he's going in the to middle
1: take of the day, Alfred. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, not very subtle. But my thing is, what? Tell me what you would have thought if that scene had been the end of the movie, The Dark Knight.
1: I I think it's setting up two different things. I, I think that's like.
0: It is, but it's weird because it's like after the Falcone attack, you don't see Batman again for the rest of the book. You no, I, I, understand,
1: I understand what you're saying. I think for a cinematic, I think they're trying to end on two different things. I, I no, think because no.
0: Because. Yeah, I get it's, that. It's
1: hard. to It's hard to make that comparison.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just weird to me that this grand classic Batman book. Ends with no Batman. I understand. I I understand the point with Gordon. And this is why I think. Batman year one is more of a Gordon story. Than it necessarily is a Batman story.
1: And I'll I'll go even further in saying. It's about Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon. It's not about Batman quite yet. I think it's more about their relationship. It starts with the two of them. Having inner monologues within each other. Or you know within themselves. And they're showing the comparison. And it ends with the two of them having that, you know, finally meeting and having that mutual Mm -hmm. respect now going forward. And I like the way that that works. I think, I think in a film it might not work as well, but I think for this four issue, you know, origin story for Batman. And I, I, I still feel like this is more of an origin story for the, the Gordon and Batman relationship. I think this works really well to show Bruce Wayne saving Jim Gordon's son in a horrible, horrible way. Like I, the end of this book just kills me. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the tension with the baby is brutal.
0: Oh, it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's done well. Um, It's just, it feels like a promise of things to come rather than, you know, an epic in itself, if that makes yes. any sense.
1: It's a very small, intimate story. It's not a, yeah, it's not this big, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Huge
1: scope story. So I agree now, with you. It just doesn't take away from it for me.
0: Now I do love the, I do love the foreshadowing of the Joker at the end of the story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You didn't even have to put an image of the Joker on screen or on page. And I, I honestly, I'll go so far as to say they didn't even have to put that last line in there that he calls himself the Joker. All you would have had to have done is allude to well, there's some nut that. That's threatening to poison the Gotham Reservoir.
1: Yes. Everybody. You could have done something. Yeah. Everybody
0: would have known who that was, (laughs) but they did. And it's still.
1: I mean, we've said it a lot, but I think Batman begins took that and kind of improved on it a little bit. Instead of saying, calls himself Mm -hmm. the Joker, just show the Joker card. Like.
0: He's got a flair for the theatrics. Like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's. And again, I. We don't get the brilliance of Batman Begins, and now I just want to go watch Batman Begins. But <laughs> um, I know we don't we don't get the brilliance of Batman Begins without this story. And I think he the the love I have for Batman Begins comes from the fact that he took elements from some of our favorite stuff, and he left the stuff that we didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of Christopher Nolan, obviously. So I do. I know where you're coming from when it comes to the end of this book, but I think the reason I appreciate this book is because it's a different Batman story than what you could get elsewhere. I think it is that more intimate story. It's only four issues. Um, as much as I love zero year, it's 12 issues and it's this crazy elaborate story where this is very focused, very, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's, I keep saying intimate. That's how it feels to me.
0: Right was there anything else specifically about this fourth issue that you want to bring up or,
1: um, is it this issue or the third issue where we, we didn't mention it. I don't think that, uh, Carmine Falcone gets his famous scar.
0: That's this issue.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's, you You know, you said it a couple of times with the long Halloween. It's, it's amazing how much they really did just totally have a ball taking from this, uh, th- these four issues. they really ran with it. Like you said, with the Johnny VD mm-hmm. e. e. and the, you know, Falcone having the the slash, you know, the scar on his face. Like they really did a lot of even the dense stuff is taken, you know, they they ran with everything. And you're right. Like I, I love going from this to the man who laughs to long Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people forget. <laughs> I, I don't know that a lot of people put the man who laughs in between there, but you absolutely should.
1: Apparently there are some things that are inconsistent. I don't know what they are. I've heard people say that. I don't read that as much as the other two, but it's such a, it's a great retelling of Batman number one. So I really do enjoy it.
0: Right. Well, uh, with, with all that said, let's, uh, let's, I'll tell you what you're more positive on the story. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I I hope nobody's taking that away. I really, really like the story, but We're going to get into final thoughts on Batman Year One. I'm going to go first because I want to end more positive. So, and then I'll let you go. But so far as my final thoughts on Batman Year One, um, it is iconic for a reason. It is uh, well regarded, high regarded, and, you know, it's a classic. And it absolutely should be. Um, My issues aside with it, it is one that I read probably once every couple years or so it is not a yearly read. Um, but the fact that it does get read in rotation says a lot. I really enjoy this story. I love the dynamic of, of the growing relationship between Bruce and Gordon, which is absolutely what this story is pretty much all about. Um, my biggest letdowns are the dirtying of some of the characters, which I don't think is necessary or is necessary. And I'm going to be a little bit of Ian Malcolm here. Uh, are we going to get some uh, Batman in this Batman story? <laughs> because I, I don't think there's enough Batman in the book overall. I know that this is kind of him on his first few outings and he's getting to know, uh, he's getting to to know how to become Batman. But every time I read the story, I wish I had a little bit more Batman in it. So that's just, I mean, just small nitpicks. Um, but Again, highly revered story as it should be, have a lot of respect for it. And I think it gave us a lot of good Batman material going forward. So there's, there's kind of my final thoughts on Batman year one, but Joe, give me your final thoughts on this book.
1: Well, before we go to my final thoughts, uh, we both should be ashamed of ourselves. We have not once mentioned David Mazzucchelli. Um, I, how do you feel about the artwork in this book?
0: Oh yeah, I thank you for bringing that up. Um it's n- not like my all-time favorite art or anything. Um but I think it fits the gritty tone and the, you know, the kind of grounded style of the storytelling. Um not my favorite design for the bat suit, but it's kind of a stripped down, you know, version. I was telling you, the colors on this book really pop digitally. And I know people are going to hate that, especially purists. But I kind of like the the colors uh that I was reading it on a, on DC Universe Infinite. So, yeah, um not my favorite art, but it's it's really good uh but for what it is. I think it's a it's a very gritty. It, it gives you that underbelly feel of Gotham City. So what what do you think?
1: I, I love the art to this. I think it works really well for the story and I love the Batsuit design. I think it's a really sleek design that almost does like a modernized version of, you know, the original detective 27 suit. And I, I like it a lot. I, I love the, you know, the covers to these four issues.
0: I oh, the covers all are great. really
1: nice. Um, I love the, you know, the, the image of Batman with the cape draped over him with the great, you know, beautiful silhouette. I have the uh, the statue of that. I think it's beautiful. I love that that artwork. Um, so I I read it digitally. Uh, it was just more convenient for me to read it digitally. I do have the Absolute, and I love that the Absolute has the original um, like magazine format. But I will say I do prefer, which is probably sacrilege, I do prefer the the remastered version of it that's in the uh, in the Absolute. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's like three different colored versions of this, but I'm not positive. There's, there's a lot of different uh, colorized versions of this that I don't know if one is actually, you know, not preferred when it comes to uh, what Mazzucchelli prefers. But I do like the, uh, I think it's the second book in the Absolute. I I think it just works better. I'm looking at the the, uh, magazine version right now, and I I think it's cool to look at once in a while and see that the way it was presented back in 19... Was it 86 or 87? 87. 87. So I do like seeing that once in a while, and it it has a lot of cool stuff in the Absolute Edition. Um, But my final thoughts on this book are... I I have a lot of love for this because, like I said, it was one of the first Batman books I ever read. Um, The influences that it has on... Batman Begins definitely let me forgive all the stuff that I might nitpick about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're going to see that it probably has a good amount of influence on the Batman in a couple months, considering that's why we're reviewing this right now, because it's in that box set. I'm very interested to see what they take from it. I I think this is a great setup of the Gordon-Batman relationship, and that's what I take from this book more than anything. It sets up you know the, the darkness and the grittiness of gotham and it starts to show the difference that batman is making in that world and that to me in four issues it accomplishes a lot and that's why i think i go back to it so much because it's such a it's such a a quick story and such a you know very very focused story and i i will say that uh Yeah, maybe I hold it a little bit higher than you. I don't think you were too harsh on it, though. I think, you know, if you have a Batman book that's possibly in your top 10, it's hard to say that that is something that you're harsh on with all the books that we read.
0: No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think we live I think we live in kind of a I told this to Ryan Lauer the other day. So I think we live in kind of a zero sum world now where everything is either 10 or it's zero. Mm hmm. And there's no room for in between. And I don't think that's fair. Um, so, you know, if you, if you give something and that's why I'm not going to grade this book, cause there's, there's no way you can grade a classic. So, you know, if you say seven out of 10, people think you hate it or, you know, something like, that, and that's, that's not the case. You know, I think this is a very solid Batman book. Um, it's not my absolute favorite, but it's one that I read quite a bit. So, yeah. I like it a lot. But anyway, that's um, neither here nor there. Yeah, well, um, I
1: mean, it, like you were saying with the zero sum world, I'll even go as far as it's its also an either or world. Like, like we were, I keep bringing up zero year. You don't need to pick the two. That's what's so great is I get to read both and I can enjoy both. I don't have to fight between both books that I think are really, really good. I could read each one at different times to fill – whatever need I want to, you know, fill at that moment. I If I want to read this crazy 12-issue or 13-issue, um, you know, crazy Riddler, is it, Dr. Death story, I can read that. Or I can mm-hmm. read, you know, this really, you know, focused four-issue Batman origin. Um, I think this did so much for the character. I, I personally, like I said, I prefer this to, to Dark Knight Returns. I I think this this is Miller in a more focused way to me more than Dark Knight Returns. I don't know if that's you know popular opinion or not, but I I really do enjoy this book a lot. Uh, probably a little bit more than you, but I don't think I don't think you were too harsh on it at all. I well I just okay.
0: Oh, uh, I was just gonna say well thank you Hi, <laughs> appreciate. Um, but yeah uh, that's that's kind of unless do you have anything else, Joe?
1: No, not at all. I, um, I, I probably said all I can about the book and I'm looking forward to rewatching the film because as I'm reading the book, I was like, I don't remember if that's in the movie or not. And I'm very curious to see when we do that, what was taken out? Because I don't, I always thought it was a pretty faithful adaptation, but it is short. So I'm (laughs) curious if things were left out and it was, you know, as short as it was. So, and I, you know, before we get into the movie, I, I actually really enjoy the movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, watching that with you and, and comparing the two.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. And thank you. That's a good segue. That will be our, as we said at the top, that will be our very next episode of the show. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, look for that. We're going to be doing a commentary uh, to to kind of celebrate that this story is um, on the road to the Batman, and also a little bit of a late celebration of its tenth anniversary, which came at the uh, near the end of last year. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I got permission today on Twitter from the from the Holy Backcast account. So if you have any issues uh, with uh, any of the nitpicks that I or Joe had, you can send those complaints to at Loi 007 on Twitter. Uh, so. <laughs> Because he enjoys answering critiques and complaints, but anyway, uh, that's kind of where we're going to put a pin in it for this episode. So, Joe, uh, tell everybody out there until we meet again where they can find you.
1: Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J Four and Eleven, and on Facebook as Joe Forno.
0: Very nice. Uh, as for my personal accounts, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At Me Carter eighty nine. That's M E Carter eighty nine. The show can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TFR Batpod. Once again, if you have any emails for us, we will read them on the show. Just send them to at TFR Batpod at gmail.com um, If you take a moment out of your day to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it. It helps the show gain exposure. Uh, And we will read those on the show as well. Also, I've just found out that the Spotify app now has a ratings feature. So if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a rating there as well. We'd really appreciate it. But until next time, when we talk about the animated film version of Batman Year One, thank you for listening and make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. created by bill finger and bob kane the fire rises a batman podcast is in no way associated with at&t warner brothers or dc comics the thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for thank you for listening i'm gonna have to edit the end of this because i can't find my where's my okay there's my stop recording button <laughs>